Yo, welcome to Peace of No Mind. My name is Raymond Tanner and this is the podcast where I'll be interviewing amazing individuals as I find out what a peace of mind means to them and some of the valuable lessons they've learned throughout their journey. Each episode has been recorded at a different stage throughout lockdown, pandemic, just overall COVID living. If you like this podcast, make sure to hit me up, subscribe, send it to a colleague, send it to a friend, just send it on and follow me on socials at Peace of No Mind Show on Instagram and Peace of No Mind on Twitter. Anywho, it's been a minute. So I would love to welcome, actually, you know what? I'll allow you to introduce yourself. My man, do you know what? Go on, tell us. <laughs> oh, cheers, Ray. Um, I'm Ross, Ross Buchanan, and I am a radio presenter. I also do a lot of stuff around talking about mental health, and I enjoy lots of different things in life, like dogs <laughs> and baking and basically anything that's wholesome <laughs> oh man just before this we were talking about your dogs and it's you've, you've become somewhat of a dog whisperer right like <laughs> you I said it man bro, i don't you know said it. what like i've been seeing across your socials like you, you're not you don't just have one dog but i've seen multiple in your presence yeah all very regal looking poodle like structures right mm. <laughs> poodle like structures poodle like it's the best way to describe them bro because <laughs> i have no dog man like oh man that they're so good they are just like they're so we've got pickle and then um my partner lottie has uh, two family dogs called riley and bieber and i've been a massive part i basically joined their family and <laughs> and just with that taking over just like training the dogs um and i don't know it just comes kind of comes second nature to me i really love dogs that and and they love they love me they're just so unconditional in their in their in the way that they present themselves like they're just they're just so easy to read they're not complicated like humans <laughs> <laughs> but bro like in general like obviously apart from like breeding several poodles and delivering bread on a bike which has also been one of your <laughs> lockdown bro, like cycling across London with like loaves of like freshly baked bread like yeah. you're literally living a lockdown dream who, who do you think you are? Someone referred to me what did they say someone commented on my Instagram said man's man's moving like massage on a bike <laughs> I was just I was just making I basically um a family friend owns like um a mini mart like a, he, he runs like a, a coffee roastery out in the middle of the, in the middle of nowhere and he was in a position where he had a lot of um leftover flour at the time, at the beginning of lockdown, like a lot of people were really struggling to find flour in the supermarkets. And I was like, do you know what, Chris? I'll take that off your hands. So, <laughs> so I, I bought it from him and then um, just had this like 16 kilogram bag of strong white flour and was like, okay, cool. Uh, I know how to make bread. So I'm just going to make loads of bread. And it started off just like we just moved into a new house. And I was like, cool I want to make friends with the neighbors so I just popped around and you know I ended up making really great friends with our neighbors like we've you know sat in their garden for drinks and stuff it's been really nice and um but I just went around and, and like delivered bread to 
everyone on the street just like, hey, I'm Ross. I, I live down the road. Mate, look at that. And it was not just any bread. Like you had like bagels, sourdough. <laughs> I'd understand if you're bringing just standard like, yeah. and even then that's a win. But if someone knocked on my doors, like, I've got this freshly baked bagel. Like, bro, the amount of love, like, I'd be like, uh, especially in London, actually, I wouldn't trust the bagel first. And then I'd be like, oh, no, he's smiling, man. He must be a decent yeah. bagel, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, what inspired it was actually our next door neighbours were celebrating Eid. And um, they they just popped over out of nowhere and just said, like, hey, we've made this food. And honestly, it was the most delicious chicken I have ever eaten. And I was yes. like, oh, OK, that's how this neighbourhood's running. I'm going to use this bread. I'm going to go out and, and, and just, you know, hopefully put some smiles on people's faces. That is, that has been amazing, man. And you've been keeping yourself busy. Has, would you say there's anything that this crazy period has kind of like taught you about yourself? Um, yeah, it's taught me that I need to connect with people on a more personal, um, level. I think that at this stage in my career, like I'm, I'm not a famous person. Um, I have listeners like on my show, but I don't necessarily have like fans. So I should be like celebrating with those listeners as much as possible. Um, so I've been trying to set up like different things. Like um, I've got like a Strava account now for like running and cycling. And I've been talking about it on my radio show and getting people to follow me on Strava. And then I've been following them back. And we're just sort of like encouraging each other to you know run and exercise and get out of the house and that's been a really like positive thing for my mental health but also for my career and you know like not in uh, a self-serving way but it's been really lovely to like meet some of my listeners whether it's through um baking bread and going to their houses and dropping it off or you know just liking some or giving kudos to someone's run when they you know do their daily run like like the social distancing stuff has realized made me realize that i want to be closer to to people mm. if that makes sense a step beyond how you normally would have connected exactly it's, yeah that's powerful and you have noticed people have been responding super positive to stuff like that right yeah man it's it's been really nice and like i feel like it's it's the nicest thing in the world. And for a lot of radio presenters, they would probably take this for granted. But like, I just love the the way that I can talk about something on the radio, whether it be my mental health or a new song that I'm really liking or just a funny thing that happened during my week. And that resonates with someone enough for them to then get their phone out and send me a tweet following on that conversation like that's such a uh, an empowering thing to be able to do, um, and I, I, I've I've noticed that a lot more since I've started to take my listeners more seriously. And I think there's something to be said for the future of anyone in the creative industry who's looking to build a platform. It's like, you know, respect respect your the people who are listening to you now. Respect your your fans if you're a musician. You know, if anyone's supporting your work at at, at level one. Yeah. Don't take that for granted because people don't want to just be a number in your follow account. They want to get to know you. And and I guess that's what I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to be as honest as possible when I go on the radio or send out a tweet or, you know, do anything. I just want to engage with people on a, on a truly authentic level. Listen, Ross, um, I feel very like 
blessed to have you on the show. And I'll explain a bit later on, but you are on peace of no mind, my guy. You're on peace of no mind. And something that I ask all the guests that come on peace of no mind, what does a peace of mind mean to you and how is it best achieved? Mm. Well, first of all, like, thank, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. This is really nice. <laughs> and it's, it's nice to have a space where we can talk about where I can talk about this this kind of thing that isn't therapy. <laughs> um, but it is. And it is, yeah, this is quite therapeutic. But for me, peace of mind is, I want to say family. I want to say family and, and wholesomeness. I say that because in my early 20s, like I feel like I didn't really have anyone um, who I truly connected with. And over the past few years, I've built up this, wonderful circle of um people who I can count on and trust and that has like changed my life completely like my partner Lottie and my friends like Pete and Doug they're just like good people who I feel like I can be my true self around all the time um and I feel like for so long I was pretending to be someone that I'm not and not in a really drastic way but in an unconscious way I was just doing it um and and just trying to get as many people to like me as possible since I've created this like core group of really awesome people around me everything else just kind of falls into place I guess that's what I mean by family that that sense of like building that support network has just been so so wonderful I also mentioned like wholesomeness aside from family and that's those things that I get a finished product from like I have always been terrible at working towards anything that my heart wasn't in you know I'm sure a lot of people got that same thing from their teachers at school that was like oh you know raise smart but if you put the work in or stop distracting others in class then uh, like that's that was me and it was just like I'm not into this like I don't vibe with this subject I don't want to work on it since then I've just worked really hard at the stuff that I you know have a have a passion in and for a long time that was just radio or music but now I'm starting to find that that joy in other things and I think lockdown was really good for that I think you talking about again finding something wholesome and something that you have a connection with you actually took me back um do you actually remember where we first met and of course it, like I've actually got a lot to be like grateful to you to before oh, because mate you came in so let me just paint the picture quick I was working in O2 um, you came in at the time and I still remember what phone it was that you got at the time. It was an iPhone, <laughs> iPhone SE, rose gold, if I remember correctly. I think right? you're right, yeah. yeah. Of course, man, I sold it to you. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, Thank I know you. I'm talking about. No, no, but I remember, and it's, it's a conversation that probably kickstarted a lot for me. I just remember speaking to you and I was like, I was like what is it you do? And you were saying you, you kind of just landed this radio gig mm. um, out of uni and um, you needed a new phone and... I was like, oh, bro, you know what? Like, when I was at uni, I, I definitely wish I dabbled a bit in, in some, like, audio stuff and yeah. bits and bobs, man. But basically what I was saying was that I felt like I'd missed just even exploring new activities. So whether that was going to be your profession, whether that was going to be something you spent the rest of your life for mm. um, or doing, it was more of me creating this limiting belief that it was too late to start uh, something this... new. It's never true. And then you come in, you were like, oh man, it's, it's not too late. Like, why don't you have a look online? Why don't you, you know, there's there's things about like mm. 
And I remember that conversation because to me, like that kickstarted so much for me. Like I remember going home afterwards and I searched in on Google, like oh, we had radio production or radio courses and I kind of stumbled into the roundhouse. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest is history. Like, and I have to be honest, man, I was like, how can I not get the guy to on who kickstarted <laughs> Peace of One? So whether you lot are listening to this stuff, you got to know the guy who kickstarted it, like nah, legitly. I can't Obviously, take the, the rest. Mate, you indirectly did. And I just, again, that's what I mean. You never know who you can inspire. You never know kind of what passing words can be. Mm. You know, the the ignition for someone's goals or just another pastime, a wholesome activity. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mate, I, I think, I, I do think about that interaction quite a lot because essentially like all I was doing was just going to a phone shop I went in just like trying to sort out a quick phone and I think I stayed in there for like a couple of hours just like chatting, like having a coffee, just chilling out. Yes, and I was like, who yes. is this guy, Ray? Like <laughs> you normally go into a phone shop and they're just like so rude to you. They're just like, yeah, you need this, yes. bye. But we just yes. like sat down and like I could tell your manager or whatever was like being like, come on, Ray, like serve the other customers. Yes. Get the dealer, get the dealer, <laughs> yeah. Ray. Bro. You were just like, nah, this, this, is, this, is what I, uh, this is the conversation that I need to have right now. And I just thought like nobody shines a light like that. I think a lot of people will be quite interested to hear a little bit about your journey into radio because mm. I know for a fact you were killing the circuits at university. Um, <laughs> you, you were, it was almost like you were destined to kind of fall in line with radio being a career or some form of audio in particular. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we moved around quite a lot when I was uh when I was a child. I ended up spending my teenage years in Aberdeen in Scotland. It's quite similar to um lots of different cities across the uk but it's much smaller so i used to go to like loads of gigs and you would just see the same faces like every week no matter who the band was there was just a core group of people who were like really into live music i was like okay cool like i'm really appreciating like going to these shows and seeing all these touring bands like drop into aberdeen if they could be bothered and and like <laughs> and watching these shows and i had that like real appreciation for that for that the effort that the bands would come in to play in front of like 200 people when they'd probably played like Shepherd's Bush Empire a couple of nights before. And then I thought, okay, cool. Like I want, I want to be on the stage and I gave, <laughs> I gave it a go. So I, you know, I was a singer songwriter for a bit. I had a single in like the top 10 of the iTunes charts and I must've signed the like rights away like so long no. ago. I don't know, like I signed some next contract or something. And like, I didn't see a penny of that after like thousands of people downloaded. That's the thing, never <laughs> sign, never sign anything that you haven't read. Um, so I don't know where that money went, but, um, I, actually worked out that I preferred listening and enjoying other people's music and and those conversations that you know I would have after after a gig in Aberdeen with the other people about the show like that was a really like empowering moment it was the most exciting thing that had happened to us all week and we would just have a conversation like oh I remember when they played that song or or whatever and I just got a real a real feel for it and um I didn't realize that had sort that that could manifest itself into audio i didn't realize that you could make a career from having those kinds of conversations um so from there i ended up getting interviewed for um this like young talent thing um for uh, bbc radio 2 uh, they were just doing like a, a documentary on the singer joan armor trading and how she'd been helping young musicians uh, support her on her tour and i supported her at uh, a venue in aberdeen and 
basically a radio team came and interviewed me. They were like, what do you like about being a, a singer-songwriter? And I was like, eh, not much, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I quite fancy getting into radio. Can I come and do some work experience with you? And they were just like, yeah, sure. You know, we're based in London. I was like, cool. Like, I'm obviously based in Aberdeen. And just decided to go to a university in London um, just to get down into the like the thick of the industry. I barely spent any time doing my degree. Like I was, I was so so bad at turning up for lectures on time. But I remember one week I I just been trying to get work experience as much as possible. And I remember one week I was going to Oxford every morning to do a breakfast like breakfast show internship at a station called Jack FM. And then I was coming back and I think it was freelancing at just like an independent production company. Uh, then going into Radio 1 to shadow uh, Phil Taggart and Alice Levine. And then going on to do a DJ set at a uh, like a local dive bar, having three hours sleep and just getting up and doing the same thing. And it was just, it was a crazy, crazy period of my time because I wasn't getting paid for any of that. But I was so happy. I was so, so happy. And obviously, like, that's privilege to be able to do all that work for free. But I was mainly living off student loans student and, uh, you know, 80, 70 quid that I would get from that DJ set. It was tough. But then straight out of uni, I'd, I had all that work experience under my belt. I'd just been emailing people relentlessly saying, can I come hang out? I must have been the most annoying person in the world um, and got a couple of internships at independent production companies, which got me into like Six Music and Radio 2, working with Terry Wogan and like loads of cool stuff came out of that. And directly after that, I, um, I think I'd won a student radio award, which... Uh, I got to go to Mexico for, and I sent that demo into Radio X, or it was XFM at the time, um, and they were looking for someone to do their overnights. And then I ended up doing overnights on the newly launched Radio X. Again, you knew what you wanted. You came down to London and you were like relentless in, like you said, the way that you had your experience. Um, particularly, you were saying you didn't take no as an answer and you were messaging people all the time, mm. like, what, literally was that just just a thing like constantly your favorite djs twittering at and them so the best the best thing i did and this is how i got that radio one like just going and get basically how i got into radio one a lot of people were like i want to get into radio one right now um and i was like there's no way that i'm going to get through in the official channels like there's just so many more talented people out there with way more experience than me um they're probably cooler than me, like all of these things. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, cool. Like, so how can I get into Radio 1 without going through those official channels? And I was like, okay, so I'm doing a weekly DJ set at this dive bar, Indie Night, and at the SU. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to find out how much it is to book a Radio 1 DJ to do this, to do this night. And basically managed to get to get managed to like hustle an agent to get um to get phil taggart to do it to do a dj set at rsu for like pennies um and i literally just went around all my mates and was like tickets three pound give me three pound right now <laughs> literally went around everyone at uni like here's a wristband it will get you into the su on friday night three quid three quid and i just got enough money to pay phil taggart to come do a dj set and then like I just asked him on the night, like, hey, can I come and sit in your show? And he was like, yeah, of course. 
and that was how we did it you know i was like cool if i can hustle everyone to give me three quid i can go and do it i can go shadow a radio one dj mate that's that's actually pretty incredible. I'm not even gonna lie. Like that is pretty incredible. There's always a way. There is always a way. You were working at like Radio X afterwards, mm. and you were saying it was like night. So yeah, man. What, what did that look like? Break like break down what that schedule would have looked like. So I was working Saturday or yeah Saturday and no Friday and Saturday nights, one a.m. till half six in the morning. I don't know about what pe- people listening to this show that might look like a normal night for them. I'm yeah. I am so sleep dependent. I'm I'm like early bird, late riser. I need my beauty sleep, and it it just threw me threw me for six. Like I was doing that, and then I felt like I didn't have enough going on during the week. Um, I was getting paid enough from those two gigs to you know survive um, and be fine. But then I had five days off to do absolutely nothing, and a lot of people might be thinking like oh amazing like you just you just worked like two nights a week and then had the rest of the time off like that's the dream but actually like friday and saturday nights are when people socialize um and everyone else was getting jobs midweek so they were busy um and i was busy on the weekends and my sleep pattern was just completely out um i think it was like probably drinking and partying quite a lot as well and yeah just kind of knocked me for six like it just really really hated it even though I was doing my dream job so I felt really ungrateful and like just this whole mix of emotions uh, and I had so much spare time to just like wallow in that in that sort of guilt I guess um, yeah. and it, you know say I did a, a bad show on the weekend I had the rest of the week to think about how bad that show was and how I didn't deserve to have it and how I wasn't really enjoying it and how I didn't think I was good enough and had imposter syndrome and all these things just like sitting there. Then I got moved to like just an earlier show on a Friday and Saturday night, which was good. Um, But it just, it still felt like this wasn't the right place for me anymore. And just to add to that as well, like probably everyone who you interacted with who you might have known from uni or otherwise would be like yeah man Ross is killing exactly. it he's Bro, Ross he's killing it he's at eight you not hear him yeah so just on top of that there's the external pressures of oh, people absolutely kind of you almost having to put a face on that you are still loving what you're doing but maybe not to the degree that someone might assume or that someone might want to trade places with oh, you mate. in that like, moment. At the same time, like everybody's biting at your heels to get your gig. Mm, get your gig, so, yeah, exactly. like if I showed any sort of, um, uh, any ungratefulness towards what I was doing, then I, it just, you know, someone else would happily take that gig. So there wasn't really a space for me to be able to talk about it in an honest way to anyone. And I think actually I really struggled at that time and, for a long time, I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe radio's not for me after all. Um, but it, it was just it was just the the wrong thing for me to be doing at that time. I needed stability, and I I didn't necessarily have it. Um, so looking forward, I'd met Paul, who's my current boss, like a long time ago. He's really into the Student Radio Association and helping uh, like sort of younger people come up. And he actually got me one of the internships that. Um, that I went and did after uni. I basically just dropped him a message. He runs Absolute Radio, and I was like, "Hey, man! Like, I'm keen to make to make the move." I was having uh, chats with other people as well at the time, but Paul was just like, "Okay, let's do this. I want to send. I, like, I think you are." And I, I was like, 
I think I asked him like in that first meeting, I was like, why would, why would you want me? Um, I was, <laughs> Show me you love me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, like his answer was just like so nice. And it was like for the first time, somebody actually like saw me for who I wanted to be. And it was like, I hadn't even noticed that yet. He was like, look, you're, you're young, you're cool, you're really into music. Um, I think that you're really ambitious. And he said just all of these wonderful things. And I know I'd asked for it, but <laughs> <laughs> like, it was the first time that anyone had, anyone that I'd looked up to in a career sense had acknowledged my, my skills. And I think for a long time, I felt like I maybe wasn't that good at radio or wasn't that good at, at, at telling stories and, you know, speaking, interviewing bands and all these things. And, and Paul just like created this world where I now function in and feel so able to do those things. And it was like, I hadn't necessarily even noticed that I could do all those things, but he said those it was like a self-fulfilling prof prophecy where he just said a whole bunch of things and i just became like i just eased into that and you know he sent he sends me to like the brits and the mercury awards and i've interviewed loads of fun people on the red carpets and done interviews with bands and stuff and they just keep throwing me awesome opportunities and they know all about my mental health and my anxiety and not only have they created environment where i feel safe talking about my mental health but they've created envi an environment where i can also broadcast it on the radio and potentially help other people which has been amazing just taking it back a little bit during the period where you were saying you were probably like interviewing a lot of artists you were going out like you were getting what like backstage passes i don't know if i was like, getting backstage like, passes or just back just sneaking yeah. backstage that was it they call or me just, backstage like, Buchanan. yes it's just what telling everyone you deserve to be there it's like you knew you could you just gotta like you just got i i've done it so many times where you just like i don't know i don't know how it happens but you just sort of chat you meet an artist after a gig after they've done a performance and then you, you buy them a beer and the next minute you're like chilling backstage with you know like celebrities and, and i I've, i don't think i've ever had a proper backstage pass but i've been backstage a lot <laughs> do you reckon do they end up being like oh no no he's with us or what you, you're not with us the amount of times i've been chucked into a limo and just been like i am not supposed to be here yes, <laughs> if anyone clocks but, me <laughs> no but i love those moments you know when you're not meant to, again people you weren't meant to be there and it sometimes it's like you you've just jammied your way like i think the moments like that they are like one of life's few like precious moments yeah like, but they're also yeah, bad because like, like, like i mean i after the q awards last year um i i ended up in a situation with lewis capaldi and the 1975 um and got completely off my face as people do after these awards that's just very rock and roll. amounts of free drink exactly very, like, exactly um and i was just wasted we were in this pub like down the road i think i was just being cocky as anything and this bouncer <laughs> was just like if you don't go away right now 
something bad's going to happen. And I was like, he's like, if you don't leave, I'm going to throw you out. And I was like, go on then. And, and there is just a picture of me in the Daily Mail getting absolutely decked by a bouncer with the biggest, what, like, with the biggest smile on my face. And he, I, don't, I can't remember how he floored me. I think he literally just put like a, a hand on my chest and I went flying. And it's the, the picture, like the paparazzi took is just like, it is amazing because I'm just smiling on my way down and uh, he's just standing over me like I'm what but, <laughs> yeah so those situations they come with responsibility and that was the worst hangover I've ever had to the point and this was last October that I haven't had a drink since so wait what were you feeling like the next day so did you see yourself in a daily mirror so I must have woken up about one in the afternoon I got home at like 7am and I immediately was like, oh God, what happened last night? And then I just like, because I always put my phone on flight mode when I go to sleep. I just took my phone off flight mode and about 80 messages came in of like the same link. Everyone just sending me the Daily Mail link. And then Lewis Capaldi put, put it on his Instagram and he's got like millions of followers like... I'm in the Daily Mail and I was in there. I literally just DM'd Lewis Capaldi like, mate, I'm so sorry. Like I've got us in all this shit. And like, oh, uh, it was just like, it was just so bad. It was honestly one of the worst hangovers I've ever had just because it was documented. Like it mm. would have been fine if all that had if happened that kind of and everyone <laughs> forgot about it. But oh my gosh, it was so bad. And that anxiety, yeah. that hangxiety was yeah. the worst i was like i don't want to feel like this anymore you know i've got adhd i can i'm literally like bouncing off the walls anyway i don't need alcohol to take me to that level now when i go out i still have so much fun and everyone thinks i'm drunk anyway you've been teetotal a lot longer than i had but um i hadn't drank alcohol for the first six months of this year Mate. um mine didn't involve daily mail maybe the story is not that deep but i definitely felt like i i wanted some clarity and um yeah it kind of ended up me like again being six months no alcohol um i was going to run the hackney half yes mate corona came uh mate it was all coming man and yeah i just uh, like i think six months in it was someone's birthday and i just had like a first beer yeah, or something course. but that was it and ever since then it was one of those that i'm more mindful about why and where i'm going and what i'm going to be doing yeah. and you know what, some of the relationships you had, which were held together by the idea that you would go out and drink. Yeah, or, I mean... Um, it just starts making you question a lot of things for and sure. for a little bit more wholesome activities. I think my relationships with the closest people in my life improved instantly. Like, I was just speaking to people and having those, like, meaningful conversations sober rather than having a few drinks and then feeling like we could open up or, you know, I just really enjoyed being present and knowing that every single move or thing that I said was completely 100% me and intentional. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to getting married and, you know, being there and being present and just digesting that whole day and not, you know, not losing it or having it just speed away or lose some of the memories from that day by by being drunk and i just know that i would i would i would just drink i would just drink on my wedding day and and i wouldn't ruin it but i wouldn't be present 
you know? Well, mate, Ross, like looking back over that whole period, like up until now, mm. what would you say there's one thing that you know for certain about navigating through the world? Hmm. So I think that one thing that I know for certain about navigating the world is that it's important to present yourself and I saw, I saw, I'm going to paraphrase now, but I saw a really nice quote from, do you know Matt Haig, the author? He yeah. just said, like, just be you. And it sounds trashy as hell, but it's like, just be the most authentic you as you can be. And like, I'm really embracing that at the moment. And I think I just wish that, I don't, I don't regret anything, but I, I wish I'd just allowed myself to be the most authentic version of myself for my whole life. But that's impossible because... I've obviously spent up until now trying to work out who that most authentic version of myself is. And I'm sure in 10 years time, I'll look back and think that, you know, I'm a completely different person, but it's at least I'm trying now and I'm trying to be that most authentic version of myself as much as possible. And that is, that's, that's what I've learned. And I think that will always protect you because if you know you're a good person and you endeavor to do the right things, then everyone else will see that as well, hopefully. And if they don't, then that's their problem. You touched on one thing as well, which was um, the idea that that, that version of yourself is ever-changing. Um, and it actually reminded me of a quote, but it was like, no man ever steps in the same river twice for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. Whoa. And it was like, ooh, I was like, ooh, I quite like that's that. That's interesting. But the idea, let, me break, the idea. let me break that down for a second. No man ever, ever steps, steps in, in the, the same, same river, river twice. twice. For it's not the same river yeah. and he's not the same man. That's true. I mean, the ri a river is always moving. So that's like exactly. that's like the analogy for like life, right? Life. And then the man is obviously ourselves because we're constantly changing. Yeah. I love it. Jeez, there we go. Have some of that. I love Jeez. that. <laughs> I'm going to think about that Talk for the about rest of the evening. <laughs> Might get that tatted on my arm, you know? <laughs> you know me. <laughs> love it. Man, oh man, honestly, it's been so sick speaking to you, bro. But Jess, obviously, I just want to ask a few questions. Like, So what is it? Are you working on anything now, like outside? Are you doing any creative projects? I think I saw you had a podcast at one period. I yeah. don't know. What are you thinking? I was working on... Um, a sustainability podcast for a bit that was really nice but kind of fell through um after lockdown the you know funding went for that um so we dropped that for a bit but my partner Lottie is doing some awesome stuff in sustainability at the moment um like with climate change and fashion and fast fashion um and just like providing a really uh a good platform to talk about you know slow fashion so if you want to follow her that's slow fashion Lottie um for me i'm not just supporting her with that but um i've been doing some cool stuff with the dogs yes. aside from radio uh, i've been doing some really cool stuff with the dogs uh doing a lot of filming with the dogs um so hopefully you know maybe you'll see me and them on a screen sometime soon that would be Do you like have your own insta for the dog dog profile no man I just, they just pop up <laughs> on mine every now and then and lottie's every now and then um but uh, yeah, I, I really, because they're so well behaved and, and just so wonderful and we have such a good relationship. I just want to share that with the world, whether that's for like kids television or, or, or something like that. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm working really hard on the radio. Uh, I've got my shows on Saturday and Sunday mornings and then the evening shows on Absolute Radio 90s, Monday to Friday. Um, 
and yeah, just always looking for new projects as well. So if anyone's listening. Where do people listening, find that stuff? Where do they find you? Is that at Rossi? Uh, Rossi yeah, so at Rossi on Twitter. Um, and I've actually just gone private on Instagram um, just to create like more mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I basically accept everyone on there. So that's Rossi Bix. Um, if you if you want to come and see more of my like personal life, there's lots of pictures of the dogs on there and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, if you know if anyone wants to collaborate or anything like that, then I'm I'm always uh, interested in in hearing hearing ideas. Bro, I do you know what? Like, there's a few bits just before I let you go. I remember you were sick at impressions, man, and I'm feel <laughs> I feel like this is a wasted opportunity. What do you want, to hear what you, mate? I don't know. What have you been brushing up on? What would you say you fine tuned over lockdown? Mate, this is this is tough. Um, <clears throat> I'm getting ready. You, I, you, hold on, I need to get it. I need to get the flyer in me hands. Um, okay, okay, all right, let's do it. I'm, <clears throat> we're doing a Donald Trump, we're doing a Donny. I'm, I, <clears throat> I make the best, hold on, not letting <laughs> I make the best cookies. I make the best cookies. China wants to make cookies, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. That's me done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you were on to it, you were on to it, man. I was there, I was with you, man. I was with you. No, man. Go on, just one last one. Go on, just because just, just you can. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't understand that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't... Please mind the gap between... Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. <clears throat> train and the platform. Attention à la masse, on descendant du train. That's what they say in France. Um, and, and Gingerbread Man. Okay, this is, this is the masterpiece. <clears throat> it's quite loud. Hold on, I hope this doesn't peak. Not my gumdrop buttons! Anything with the buttons! All right, there you go. Bro, There's take a bow. All that, there we go. All that rubbish. No, yeah, all the rest. We're gonna get you, man. That was that was excellent, man. That was excellent. Um, bro, final. You gotta press me before that. I gotta warm no, up. No, no. Do you know where it is? I feel like that's the best. We caught you in your all natural element, man. And that is where we wanted Mate, you. That is where we wanted you. Just gotta you just gotta follow me around it. the house. Like I literally do impressions like every five minutes. It drives Lottie like mad. I'm like eight different people within an hour. See, but this is the fly on the wall stuff that we need. We need more of that. This is like, you should put this on your personal. We want this yeah, in your man. personal, yeah, man. man. We want this. We want this. Before we wrap up the show, I just want to ask you three questions. I ask all the Go guests. Go for it, mate. Um, happiest day of your life. Oh, man, it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to be the 1st of May 2021. Jeez, congratulations, so by much. the way, bro. Man said he's going, is a ring on it. The ring on it's not yet right. The ring on it's going to be There's a ring on, on Lottie's finger. And okay. there is kind of a ring on my right hand that Lottie like designed and made, which I really love. Lovely. Um, all right, cool. So happiest day pending. Um, something that overwhelms you. Something that overwhelms me, mate. It has to be the sound of people eating. Uh, definitely got misophonia. I don't know if you know, if you know about that, but it's like the... 
my blood boils when I hear people eating loudly or um, like ticking clocks like this. I have actually like so many triggers. Like there's so many things that give me panic attacks, Um, but that's okay. And like, I'm just, I'm learning how to, how to behave myself in situations where I find something triggering and not just like leaving the room because <laughs> so, so it's quick, awkward quick example, if someone was eating a packet of crisps next to you and you didn't know them would that set you off um yes yeah okay. i think so it's yeah it's more people that i don't know i, I have yeah. exceptions for like babies or like toddlers <laughs> or like elderly people or, if it's not your fault yeah exactly but i'm just like yeah. i think it's that like how how can you eat like that like how are you that unself-aware like you are you are ruining everyone's day like someone's on the train eating like like, i'm just like how can you you're making a sound like you know you're making a sound oh man i just don't get it here we go don't do it jay don't even try and get it i think that's fine you you, you're aware you know what it is yeah exactly um and kind of final question what's the best piece of advice that someone else has given you oh wow the best piece of advice that someone else has given me. Oh, yeah. So I think the best piece of advice that I've ever had was, funnily enough, it was from the guy who I work for, Matt Absolute Radio Paul. And he basically, he said, don't work for, never work for a company that doesn't value your mental health. And for that to come from somebody I actually work for just like made me realize like how much Absolute Radio understand mental health and are there to look after people's mental health and and nurture an environment where people can also talk about it on air but it also just resonated with me and like I've actually said no to quite a lot of work recently because I've I felt anxious about it and I didn't like the way that people approached me and just seeing those red flags and, and just saying no sometimes, like, it's way more important. Like, my future is is important to me. Like, my future is important to my future family and my dogs and my responsibilities in life and Lottie. And, like, why would I work for someone that could potentially damage my mental health? Because you wouldn't work for someone that, you know, had a baseball bat and was going to kneecap you every time you got something wrong. And, you know, so you couldn't walk again for the rest of your life. Like someone might treat you in a way that affects your mental health and you subconsciously like digest whatever they've said or the way that they've treated you. And that could have an effect on your future relationships. So absolutely. What's more important, you know, getting paid, whatever, or the future of your mental health every time mental health preserving this temple exactly i'm with it man damn ross you're an absolute g man <laughs> and again like, mate, i've enjoyed this, this so much time, mate i have too man this much time can pass whatever each time i chat to you like i just pick it's it up so and it's, nice. it's yeah it says a lot about you man and it you does, man it and you nah, we're good we're good enough about <laughs> i should do it i should i would love to know the answers uh, to all of the questions that you've asked you, me do you know what? I've had some people really curious have been like, but you, you ask everyone else, but what's yours? Mystery man. And back to mystique. My yeah. yeah. <laughs> back to the mystique. Like, stay I tuned. Like I will it, drip. Though. I will drop you like dribs and drabs yeah. over Get the next, me. like, yeah, the next few bits. But yeah, you're an absolute legend, man. And thank you for coming on today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.